0: But I do hope and pray that you recognize what this season is really all about. In case you don't know, Christmas is a season of giving. It's what it's all about. Today we're um, we're continuing in our little Christmas series called "I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas," and I was uh, thinking of those words. um, You know the song "I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas." How's it go? Just like the ones I used to know, where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. What makes Christmas so special to us is that for many of us, we, we remember those times from our childhood when we experienced extravagant generosity. It was a time of the year when we received, like we did uh at no other time of the year um one of the things that i love about being a father is 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 being able to give our kids gifts and especially at christmas time remember when nicholas was little um he had a way of nicholas by the way is our second son he had a way of expressing his enthusiasm and his excitement for what he got uh in a way that just made you want to keep on giving it to him you know just just to watch his reaction and he would, just, he would start shaking, he'd grit his teeth, smiling, and, and then he'd, he, he'd give a scream and say, oh, it's just what I always wanted, just what I always wanted. Everything was just what he always wanted. And there was one time he, we gave him something, and, uh, and uh, he looked at it. He goes, it's just what I always wanted. What is it? <laughs> That's, that was Nick, just uh, so excited about any any generosity. I think about my own childhood and, um, uh, again, Christmas time, so exciting. My brother would, about 6 o'clock in the morning, my parents, I'm sure, had just gotten to bed, had just finished wrapping the presents and uh, putting out the uh, S-T-O-C-K-I-N-G-S. He's got some kids here. And, um, and oh, my... Uh, we, my brother Kerry, I mean, he he would wake us all up, go around and tell us to get to bed because Christmas morning had finally arrived. We unwrap un- unpack the stocking. We talked about that last week with the orange in the toe of the sock, right? Yeah, and the hard candy, and the nuts, and the um, and the pop tarts. That was breakfast, so the mom and dad wouldn't have to get up too early and um some of you parents can relate to this and a few nice little toys in there just so they could sort of sleep on a little longer and uh we knew that we couldn't we couldn't disturb them until at least about 8 or 9 and then finally you know we would just come knock on the door and say please get up now please and finally they would break down and get up <laughs> and uh and then what happened is uh it was really truly one of the most exciting times of the year we would begin to unwrap the presents that we had dreamt of that we had asked for and for me I think I think the one probably one of the most exciting Christmases for me was when I got my Hot Wheels my Hot Wheels uh, package Any anybody my age remember Hot Wheels I think there's still yeah thank you <laughs> we can relate <laughs> two months of, of commercials on TV showing kids with their Hot Wheels set up through the house, tracks going everywhere. The loop, remember the loop-de-loop, of course? And, the, and the, remember the figure eight? And then there was a special contraption When the car got in it, you, you put, it was fed on elastic bands. You pull it tight, and when the car went in there, it just shot it out around the tracks again. I was like, this is just too incredible to be, to, to be true. And I got it. This was so amazing. I got my Hot Wheels for Christmas. Extravagant, extravagant generosity. As you grow older, you recognize that there's more to life than getting Hot Wheel sets. There's more to life than just getting whatever you want. As you grow older, you begin to recognize that life is about so much more. Life is about giving. Christianity is about giving. God is all about giving. It's who God is. God is a giver. And I'm going to say this to you today, that if you don't understand that Christmas is about giving, then you will not really enjoy your Christmas time. You will resent it. You will feel overwhelmed by it. You'll be glad when it's over. And so I want to talk to you this morning. Actually, I want to give you a gift I want to give you a gift that you can take with you and that you can use. I want to give you a gift that will make life great for you. I want to give you a gift which is actually a key, a key to happiness. And this morning, I know there's some here today who are feeling maybe a little bit down, a little bit overwhelmed by the season. You're wondering how you're going to pay the bills. You're, you know, you're, Things are maybe not good in your marriage or in your family, not good at work. But I'm going to give you a key that can bring you happiness instantly. And this key to happiness is called giving. I'd like you to look at this passage of Scripture from the Bible. This passage of Scripture is really the key to understanding how to really be happy in this life and how to make it through with joy rather than with resentment. And look what it says here, and maybe each of you would like to read this with me. And it begins like this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So here's the thing. Before you can be a giver, you need to understand really... Where the idea, where the concept comes from. What is it really all about? Well, I, I would say this to you today. Christmas marks the greatest event in human history. It's, it is the most important event. And, and what is this event called Christmas? It's the period in history where God, the creator of the heavens and the universe, gave That's what Christmas is about. We mark the time in human history when God gave to mankind. And what did he give? Well, the Bible says that he gave his very own son. Born of the Virgin Mary, God gave. Now, this event was so important that for centuries, and even to this day, we mark everything in history by Jesus' birth. For instance, what year is this? It's 20. Hello, are you here? 2011 AD, right? 2011 AD. And when the when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, he led them out of Egypt in 1450 BC. Now, what does AD and BC mean? AD means what? Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord. Or did someone say, I don't know? <laughs> and BC means before Christ, right? Now, you recognize now that all of history, everything that's happened in, the, in recorded history is marked by Jesus' birth. The years before Jesus' birth and then the years after Jesus' birth. For instance, I was born in 1962 BC, AD, Right? <laughs> I did that on purpose, you know that. Right? Even my birthday is marked by Jesus' birthday. This is how grand, how great, how important this Christmas event is. The most important event in all of human history is when Jesus was given to us by God the Father. Now, you cannot... Understand the Christian religion. If you're here today and this is the first time you've been in church ever or not for a long time, I'm going to tell you this, and this is what you're going to go home with. You cannot understand the Christian faith. You cannot understand the Christian religion outside of the act of giving. Because giving is the very essence of who God is. It's the very essence of our faith. It's the very essence of this book which we call the Bible. The Old and New Testament is marked by what? By giving. And if you want to understand God, and if you want to know God, then you need to know him as the God who gives. In fact, when you go to the book of Genesis, the very, very first book in the Bible, what do we discover? We've discovered God giving. And what does he do? He gives us life. He gives mankind life. And why did he create us? Why did he make us? Well, for a very simple reason. It's who God is. God is a God defined by one word, love. And love is expressed through what? Through giving. And so when God created you and me, when we were created, and by the way, can I just say this before I go any further? Because some people here today think that their birth was an accident. Your parents might have said you were an oops. Your parents might have said that you were an accident, that you weren't supposed to be born. Or maybe you were one of those born out of wedlock. Maybe you were feeling like, you know, I should have never have been on this earth. And maybe you, you'd have consoled yourself in, during those pity parties of yours when you thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a wretched person, I should never have been born. And, and on, like, that's a bunch of nonsense. You are here born on this earth because God loved you and wanted you to be born so he could love you. In fact, the Bible says this, and we read that in Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O God, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. So guess what? This is, this is amazing. You are here today. You are a living, breathing human being because God wanted to create you so that He could love you. He gave you life. Again, giving. He gave you life so that after you were born, He could then give you His love and have a relationship with you. This is the essence of Christianity. It's all about God giving. This morning, I want you to know that God truly does love you. He created you so that he could love you. And you know what he did after he created human beings? He gave us his creation. He said, this creation, this garden, all that you see, I've created for you. Now go, enjoy it, love it, have fun, manage it. He gave Adam the job of naming animals, and they're just having a great time naming the kangaroos. I know they got that name, kangaroo, and hippopotamus, and I don't know about that was the name. That's the English name of it. I don't know it, but this is the thing, my people. God created us, and then created a beautiful creation that we would enjoy and love because He's a giving God. Now, here's the thing. We're standing here today, we're sitting here today, and maybe you're thinking, man, you know, I don't really deserve God's love. I have failed God in so many ways. I have let God down. I've really, you know, pastor, I don't really, I, sh- I shouldn't even be here. The only reason I'm here is because the kids were going to be singing this morning. But I don't feel, I don't feel that, that God really loves me or that I deserve God's love. Well, can I just tell you something this morning? God has an incredible love. It's what we call unconditional love. And the fact of the matter is, is that there's absolutely nothing that you can say or do to deserve his love. He is defined as a father, a heavenly father. And I'm going to tell you this, as, as, a, as an earthly father who's got three children, I can tell you that I love my kids no matter What? There's nothing that they can say or do that will cause me to hate them or reject them or to push them away or to say, I never want to talk to you ever again. I know some of you here today have had that experience with your parents. But that's not the kind of God that we have. Our God loves us, embraces us unconditionally, and there's nothing that you can do to make him stop loving you, and there's nothing that you can do to make him love you. He just loves you because that's who he is. And when, when we sinned and when we fell short, the Bible says this. And by the way, can I just say this? There are no footnotes in my Bible that says, God loves me as long as I do this, 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 and this, and this. As long as I don't do this, 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 and this, and this. It didn't say that. You know what it says? It, the Bible says that while we were all sinners while we were in our sin, while we were failing and messing up and doing bad things, while we were still doing all of that, the Bible says God sent his Son to die for us. In other words, Jesus was born into this world so that he could go to the cross and take upon himself the punishment that we deserve. This is what Christmas is about, people. It's about God giving. God giving us life, and then after we've fell short, and after we sinned, what does he do? Well, he gave his own son. And that's why the very first verse we learn when we're in Sunday school is John three sixteen. Some of you remember that. And even if you don't go to church, you probably memorize it at some point in your childhood. And how does it go? For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? He gave his son. His only begotten son. Look at this that whoever believes in him, whoever puts their faith in him, will do what? Will not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, this is what Christmas is about. It's about a God who gives and gives and gives and loves and loves and loves. And then after God gave his own son, we read that Jesus gave his life. And after Jesus gave his life, died and rose rose again from the dead, and went to heaven. The Bible says that, that God sent his Holy Spirit. And for all who put their faith in God, God gives his Holy Spirit to come and do what? To dwell in us. It's amazing. The God of the universe has come to dwell in all of those who put their faith in Jesus. And so today, if you put your faith in Jesus, then guess what? You're not alone. You're not alone. Now, isn't that curious? Isn't there a verse about that? Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. It says in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, it prophesies about the coming of Jesus. And you know what it says? That the virgin will be with the son, and son, and and the name of the son will be what? Emmanuel. Does anybody know what Emmanuel means? It means God with us. God gives His Son and then gives His Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us so that you're never alone. This is the promise in the Bible. God has promised never to leave you nor to forsake you. He's going to be with you no matter what. And I know right now some of you feel that you're very alone and maybe you feel that when you leave this place today you're going to be alone, but i got good news for you today. God's going with you. He's going to follow you. You're not going to be alone. You may feel that you're alone over Christmas. You're not God's with you. In fact, the Bible is clear that he's as close as the mention of his name. He loves you. He cares about you. The Bible says that God loves us so much that he gave us his Holy Spirit, and on top of that, he gave us spiritual gifts. That's what it says in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4.10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Look at this. Use them well to do what? Just serve one another. So here's the thing. Those of us who are following Jesus have received forgiveness of our sin. We've received the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We've received a spiritual gift that God will use, so God can use us to be a blessing to other people, so God will be able to use us to bless one another. I'm going to tell you this today. Some of you are sitting here today and say, you know what? I don't know about organized religion. I'm kind of sick of organized religion. I don't really want anything to do with organized religion. Well, guess what? Me too. I'm not too crazy about organized religion either. Because the problem with organized religion is that it's, it can become very cold and very robotic and you just go through the motions. But the kind of religion that God is happy with, and this is right out of the Bible, it's, it's the religion that takes care of widows and orphans and poor people and people in need. This is the kind of faith, the kind of religion that we have at Cross Church. It's about giving. It's about sharing. You need to understand that if you're going to understand what the Christian faith is really all about. Now having said all of that, now you understand that our faith is about giving. Now I'm going to tell you this. God has given and given and given. Now he invites you and I to imitate him and be like him. God Im- invites you and me to be givers as well. Look what this says here. You must, and this is, this is speaking to people who are followers of Jesus, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Now you'll notice here at our church, I never twist your arm to give, Do I? Do I? No, thank you. I don't twist your arm to give. I don't pressure you. I don't say I'm going to kick you out if you don't give something. I know in some churches, the, the priest or pastor or whatever will, will call your house and say, hey, your giving is not up to where it needs to be. And if you want to be buried by me when you die, you better make sure you give. Sickening. No, listen, 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 listen. We're we're not talking about religion now. We're talking about a relationship with God whereby we respond to him in faith. And so here's what you need to do if you want to be happy. You need to do what the Bible says. You need to do what God prescribes for you if you want to know the happiness that he wants you to have. Now, I've got to tell you this. Christmas, Christmas is... In its very essence, is really all about giving. God gives his son. And, of course, we have the wise men, right? How many, how many wise men were there? Three? Today we had two. I don't know where the third one was. Actually, we don't know if there were three. We think it's three. Why? Because of the, the gifts. What were the gifts? Gold, frankincense, and, and an Xbox. And myrrh, that's right. Those were the gifts that the wise men, or the magi, the kings, whatever you want to call them, we don't really know. Magicians, that's what they brought to Jesus. Christmas is about giving. You think of Mary who said, God, here am I, use me. Mary gave her, her body, her whole self to God and said, God, I will carry the Christ child. This is what Christmas is about. It's about giving. And if you're going to know the happiness that I've been talking about, if you're going to to unlock the door to happiness, then that key that you're going to use is the key called giving. And the Bible is clear that when I give, I am declaring that I am not a victim of poverty. That's what it says here. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. But give. And you say, well, but what if I can't afford it? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that we all can afford to give something. That's the very, that, that is the fact. We all can afford to give something. When we were in Africa... In Zambia we we were surrounded by people who would make some of them if and this is the ones who were, who were doing really well financially they were making $1 a day you get that in the course of a whole year they would if they were if they were blessed maybe maybe make 250 to $300 I don't know if they'd be making that, Dennis. What do you think? I don't know. That'd be way too much. Maybe 200 bucks in the course of a year. And while I'm there, while I'm there, I have some of these, some of these dear, dear sweet Zambians sharing what, from what little they had with me. And I'm going to tell you, my heart was absolutely filled with, with, with an awe. At what this gift was that was given to me. Every one of us can give something. And when you give, you declare that you are no longer a victim of poverty, but now you have an abundance mentality. You are not a victim. If you are one who believes in God and who trusts God, then you understand that you are not at the mercy of poverty. You're at God's mercy. And when you give, you're saying, I have I have a power given to me by God that I am not a victim. I'm going to tell you there's nothing that makes you happier than knowing that you're not a victim, that you have been empowered by God to be a giver. Jesus points out a, a woman, a widow in the New Testament. He's in the temple with the disciples, and they're sitting there. There's a treasury box, it's kind of like what we've got out in our atrium there called the Giving Center. They had one in the Temple of God. And Jesus was sitting there with the with his disciples and he watched people filing by and putting money into the box. And one, you know, one, one person after another dropping in bags of money and lots of cash and, and dropping it in. And all of a sudden this widow goes by, who is obviously very poor and doesn't have very much. And she takes her coin, which is actually today called the widow's mite. But it's a tiny little, it's the, it was the, the very lowest amount of money that, that they, that they uh, uh, coined at that time like a penny. And she took that and she put that in the offering plate. And you know what Jesus said about that? He didn't say, boy, was she ever a cheapskate? (laughs) He didn't say that. You know what he said? He said, that widow gave more than anybody else. She is the richest because she gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she could. That widow Jesus holds up as an example to us of what it means to be generous. And I can tell you, there's nothing that brought greater joy to that widow than being able to share out of her poverty with the work of God. And this woman has held up as an example for 2,000 years as somebody who's generous, as somebody who is not a victim of poverty, as someone who trusts God, as somebody who believes that God will meet their every need. My friends, you have, you're sitting here today fearful about finances, feeling like you don't have enough. Follow the example of the widow who completely and utterly trusted God by sharing from what she had. And this, bring, this will bring you happiness. I know because I've lived it. When we started it at, uh, at the church, what was called Western Gospel Church over on Elgin Avenue, some of you remember the Elgin Avenue building. We, we didn't have enough money to, to support our family. Carrie, you remember those days? But I knew this, that God would provide and meet our needs, and I still, we still tried to be the best givers in the church. And I can tell you, God met our needs in miraculous ways. Envelopes in the mail with, with a note in there, Pastor, just felt God wanting, wanting us to share with you a little bit. Every Christmas, it was Don's uncle that would leave a turkey on our doorstep. And he was doing this for years, and we had no idea. Every Christmas, a frozen turkey would land on our porch. Now, how did it get there? And then eventually we found out it was Don Davidson's uncle. We didn't even go to our church, but said, Pastor, you've got to be good to the pastor at Christmas. And I said, Amen. <laughs> I'll tell you, when we have had nothing, and when we've had plenty, we've always felt that God was in control, we had nothing to worry about. And some of you here today are so full of fear financially. And I'm going to just say this to you. Break the spirit of fear in your heart by giving. Not under pressure, not reluctantly, but just because you know that that's the right thing to do. And that will bring you happiness. And you know what? That's not the end of the story. Here's part two of your happiness. The Bible says that God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So guess what? When you give, you begin to experience a stirring in your heart, a warmth I call it that a, a warm flush that comes over and you feel good. Has anybody experienced that? I had a woman coming to me on a regular basis, suffering with depression and feeling down and feeling upset and and i 'm not talking about i 'm not talking about like a clinical depression or a depression brought on by uh, um, by a, a chemical problem or hormonal problem i 'm talking just about just feeling unhappy about life in general, feeling kind of blue. And then one day she phoned and said, Pastor, I won't be able to come for the counseling session. I said, well, are you okay? Are you sick? Do you need anything? She said, well, you know what? Someone invited me to go to a senior citizen's home and just go and sing some songs and, and hold their hand and talk to them and let them talk. I said, well, that's great. So she came the next week, and I said, how did it go? She said, Pastor, I, I, I just felt so good. I felt, I felt a warmth inside of me. I felt a happiness inside of me. I said, well, how do you feel today? He said, well, not so good. I said, well, why don't you do what you did last week if you want to feel better? I said, you have experienced, you have discovered the key to happiness. Forget about yourself and reach out to others. Forget about yourself and experience the warmth and the joy that comes by serving others, by giving. You want to be happy? Give. And experience that spiritual experience in your heart that that words cannot describe. It has to be experienced. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And it doesn't stop there. The Bible goes on to say this that God promises to give generously to you when you give. Now, I don't know about you, but I would like my needs to be met generously. Anybody else here today? That's what it says here. And God will generously provide all you need. Well, there you go again. One more reason to be happy. I was uh, a single pastor in Carberry, Manitoba, back in the... 80s before i married gloria before i went to greece as a missionary and i wasn't making very much money in fact i was making very little money and i was just getting ready to go home for christmas and some of the people in the church got together and and got a little offering together for me and they gave it to me as i was leaving it was it was a big amount of money for me back then it was three hundred dollars and I just remember thinking, wow, this is amazing. God, you're so good. I don't have any, didn't have any money to buy presents because I wasn't making hardly anything. I was working in Carberry and it was in a rich church, small church. And um, as I'm driving along singing, I'm just radio up high, nobody else is in the car, so I'm singing along with Pavarotti or, you know, something like that. And all of a sudden as I'm passing by Sydney, Manitoba, I felt God just, tapping me on the shoulder, saying, Alan, stop, just stop. And uh, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I I felt it in my heart. Some of you have heard this, and I've told you this before. But I felt God telling me to stop, and I pulled over and I said, Lord, what is it? And I felt God saying, Alan, I want you to take that money that you got and give it to the lady that's in that house. And I said, God, you've got to be kidding now, how many know God, God doesn't kid? <laughs> and I knew that that's what God wanted me to do, and I kind of started to debate with God. Anybody ever debate with God when God tells you to do something, and you know in your heart you should do it, but then you start thinking of reasons why you shouldn't do it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm sitting in my car, and it's, there's lots of snow. i got just got plain old shoes on. I don't have any boots on. And I'm saying, God, if I, you know, I can't really go across the ditch. I mean, are you sure I heard right? And God's not letting me off the hook on this one. And uh, you see, I, I knew of a family that was in this town of Sydney, and Sydney's only got, I don't know, they got 50 people. But i just heard about this woman who, whose husband had left her. She had three kids, no money. And she was pretty, pretty bad shape. And when I'd heard it, I, hadn't, I personally had no money to give, but I said, God, I will pray for her. And I committed to praying for her and saying, God, please meet her needs. And as I'm sitting there in my car arguing with God, God reminded me of the prayer that I prayed for her and said, Alan, you're going to be the answer to your own prayer. Hello? And so I got out of the car and I started crossing the ditch. How many know you cannot cross the ditch in the middle of winter in the countryside? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So there I am in my little shoes, uh, and not, no boots. And I put my one foot in the snow and I went right down up to my waist. And I'm saying, God, this has got to be a mistake. And if, you, if I didn't really hear from you, I'm going to look like such a fool. And I just saw God saying, carry on. And so there I am. i get to put my other foot up and in the ditch, cross, trying to cross the ditch. It snows up deep, and I'm, oh, God. And so I'm in the middle of the ditch, and I'm thinking, now, should I turn back? <laughs> or should I keep going? I knew in my heart what I needed to do. I went to the door, and I knocked on it. And I said, uh, you don't know me, but I, my name is Pastor Alan Duncalf. I'm a pastor in Carberry, Manitoba. And uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, God told me to, to come and, uh, and give you this. Now, I had no idea what her response was. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. I just knew where her house was. And uh, she started to sob. And she said, she started to tell me what I already knew. My husband has left me and I my kids, and I got I've got no money, and I didn't know what I was going to do for Christmas. She said, I cried out to God, and I said, God, if you are real, if there really is a God out there somewhere, would you would you show yourself to me? Would you prove that you're real and help me in my hour of need? And now she's sitting standing there crying, telling me this, and I've got snow up to here. I'm soaking wet from the snow. I've got snow in my shoes. You know how it gets in there and in there? And I'm crying. Because I just can't believe that God would give me the privilege to be a blessing to this family at Christmas time. I gave all that I had in my pocket to her. And on that day, she discovered that there really is a God who gives, there really is a God who loves, there really is a God who cares. Because of that, that woman and her family. I started going to church and and received Jesus Christ as your Lord that Christmas. I went home with nothing in my pockets, soaking wet from the waist down. My socks are wet, my feet are freezing. And I can tell you I was never happier in all my life because of the privilege of giving, being used by God to be a blessing to somebody else. My friends, I can tell you, there's nothing greater in all this life than being able to give and to share and be a blessing to other people. This is what Christianity is about. This is what Christmas is about. Being able to be a blessing to others. God wants us to experience the joy of giving, the joy of happiness. Through giving and i', I got to tell you this: when I got back to Winnipeg, you know the three hundred dollars I had in my pocket, all of a sudden, I had people, people i hadn 't talked to before, people that had had knew that I was going to Greece as a missionary. I had people that i'd seen for years, all of a sudden I, I, I bumped into them, and they 'd say, "You know I want I just feel like God telling me to give you something, and next thing you know folks. You know that $300 I gave away? I got it all back plus double. And in, in, in a way that I never would have received it had I not been faithful and, and, and obedient to God. But this is what the Bible says. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Because this is, this is what it means to follow Jesus, that you become an agent of his a secret agent whereby you give and share and keep the blessing going. This is what Christianity is about. This is what Christmas is about. And this Christmas, if you really want to know God's presence, if you really want to know the joy and the happiness of Christmas, then I encourage you to follow the example of your Father in Heaven and be a giver. You don't have to give extravagantly. You just need to give. And give whatever you can. And watch the way God will provide for you to meet your needs. Would you stand with me, please, as we close in prayer?